Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome hey, back. <laughs> I am super excited. I met a wonderful lady named Micaela, um, and I met her online, as I'm most of my friends now I've met online (laughs) and I just loved what she was doing. We want to welcome her today. We met through social media and I was immediately drawn to her and her passion to help other Latino women grow and find purpose. She is a wife, a mother, a podcaster, faith-filled mujer, Latina empowerment, and she loves her cafecito. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's coffee, (laughs) but it's our favorite thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I had to go pour myself an extra bit of cafecito because, uh, it's been already a day. So (laughs) you don't even know what day it is. I know. That's a whole thing. So Micaela, tell us about you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to 24 Karat Conversations. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I know when I, when we met, we just instantly clicked and then I met Phyllis and I'm like, wow, where has this woman been? She's so cool. <laughs> um, so not cool, but thank you. Okay, <laughs> hey, I think you're cool. Yeah, I'll um, take it. But I'm just excited. You know, I love connecting with other women. I just, mm. I love learning from other women who are way ahead of me, right? Who've already mm. paved the way for me to try to even embark on whatever I'm going to do. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a mom. I love Jesus. I've been saved for 13 years and I'm married to an awesome guy that I divorced and remarried. So either I'm really crazy or yeah, that story there. (laughs) That story in itself. I don't know. You might have to jump into that a little bit. What the what? (laughs) We always love to uh, like, we'll joke with people and say like, oh, he's my second husband. And they're like, oh, you guys got remarried. We're like, yeah, to each other. (laughs) So we we love shocking people. But um, yeah, I have, I have three kids. I have a 20 year old, a 17 year old and a 12 year old. I almost forgot how old she was. But I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, Like I said, I just love connecting with women and sharing my heart. Well, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about like uh, your childhood and and how you were raised. Well, let's see. I come from a very dysfunctional background, a very broken home. My parents got divorced when we were little. They fought quite a lot, quite a lot. And I think... You know, it's never to badmouth my parents, but I think Mm -hmm. that you kind of do what you know how to do. You respond how you know how to respond. And if you don't learn to do it in a different way, then that's just kind of how you function. Kind of like wearing the the same shoes that you've always worn and you never learn that you can change those shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, But then my father raised me like I was around 11, turning 12. And that was pretty interesting. He's a very much like authoritative type of person, like, you know, in, in our 
culture, we call it machista. Like that's pretty much how I can describe it. You know, it's my way or the highway. So I became a very dominant type of woman, which is never good if you're going to try to be married. (laughs) So true. It takes a certain kind of man to accept that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm still a little bit bossy because I like to, I'm particular about things, but I think that in our marriage, I think after being divorced and getting remarried, you learn quite a lot about each other. So my upbringing was just very broken, um, dysfunctional. I think my parents' divorce really wrecked me. It caused me to really question myself. I didn't feel safe. I was constantly on survival, like fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. I just kind of, because I, I knew I knew of God, but I didn't know God, except for when we would go visit my aunt in Texas. You know, I would go to Sunday school. So, you know, I heard some of the word there and growing up, you know, I grew up in the hood. I grew up in the inner city. So there would be people when we were younger who would come and pray for us. I feel like I got saved when I was a teenager, but I don't know if I did. Um, And that's kind of it. I just kind of was this girl that was just trying to survive pretty much. I think a lot of people's encounters with Jesus happen at a very young age. Um, You know, I give a lot of credit to like children's ministries and youth ministries that bring them in, but then it's the follow-up and it's the, where does Jesus actually become your best friend and you become in relationship with him. And so I think that's awesome that you found that relationship in Christ. So what motivated you to change generational dysfunction? I mean, because that, I don't think, everybody even sees it for what it is. Like we go through life and you have traumas that happen, but you don't, you you make a choice, right? To either continue that generational curse or to break it. And what was the caveat to you saying enough is enough, no more? I hope I don't cry (laughs) because um, my, my reason for doing it is my daughter. Mm. So I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. You know, I didn't understand until recently that this is actually why I'm doing this. Mm. I just thought, like, I'm going to take this tragic thing that happened. God kind of led me into doing what I'm doing now. But it actually stemmed from what happened with my daughter. And that was she told us that a family member was doing inappropriate stuff with her. I went to the police and my father stopped talking to me. And so I realized because I had what was happening to me was that I was being re-triggered. I had not dealt with what I went through when I had been, you know, sexually abused. My father still had this person living in our house. And so you quickly realize that your voice doesn't matter, that you're not important. And so when when it came to my daughter, you know, I was like, I can't let what happened to me happened to her. I can't let her grow up thinking that she's not important, that she should just ignore this person because they're a drunk or something, you know? And so it was really that, that, that motivated me to begin, obviously not right away. Cause I was in so much pain. I mean, I was in so much pain that I, some days I just had to just take deep breaths because I could, I didn't know how to deal with it. Right. In the world, I would go get drunk or, you know, talk to some guy. You don't do that when you're a daughter of God, you mm-hmm. confront your pain. And so I just began to see this theme within our culture that 
We're taught to be quiet. We're taught not to say things that have happened. We're taught to just get over it or sweep it under the rug. And it's not okay. And, you know, what God has been teaching me is like, I'm an Esther. I'm called to my people. And so that's really what motivated me. Like we have to begin exposing the things that are not serving us because I believe that every woman has been created with a purpose. And so I'm just so passionate about helping women, you know, rewrite those lies and learn that it doesn't matter what people said about you or even what you did. You have a purpose Mm -hmm. and you're worthy and you're valuable and God loves you. So good. I, and I would take that a step further and say, even as a child of God, there's a lot of women that are numbing out with Mm -hmm. things because the shame and the secrets. And so what I would say to that is no more. We don't need to hide, especially in that situation that is out of your control. Like there is no room for shame or being afraid or being quiet. And I loved, I feel like when you were talking, I felt like the inner child in you was screaming when that happened to your daughter, like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not on my watch, right? It's not happening. That is not going to happen for a second generation. And how easy is that? You talk about generational dysfunction. That in itself happens over and over and over in families that are broken. And until we take a stand and say, that's not happening here anymore, and we are going to shout to the rooftops and you can't silence our voices until we do that. And so for you to take up, you are an Esther, you know, you're you're taking the stand and saying that is being cut off in our family. We're not going to allow that anymore. And it doesn't matter if your family members don't talk to you. It's you, you being that strong woman that he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's. excuse me that's kind of what I see now like my dad could be mad at me but he raised me like this yeah yeah Yeah, for sure um so yeah I think that you know the the biggest thing is uh learning how to not be ashamed of anything that's going on in your life but to find that voice for it and to be able to um to stand strong even in the face of relatives who want you to shut down uh, people get afraid because they think it's a respect thing. And, um, and I, I always have this saying about, you know, my generational dysfunction is I tell people, I don't like the term blood is thicker than water because I think that that needs to be abolished because some of, some of the people that are relatives in your family are more dangerous than the friends in your life. And it has nothing to do with it. And you don't, you don't have to have a loyalty because someone's related to you. If evil is evil, no matter form, what blood, where it comes from, if it's evil, it does not belong in your house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I, I totally agree. I'm sorry. I'm getting over (laughs) a cold. (laughs) Um, I totally agree. And that's kind of what we're taught in our, you know, in the Latino community, Well, that's so-and-so. You respect them. You don't speak out against them. And so, you know, it it has to come to a place where you're like, am I going to do what's right in God's eyes? Right. Or am I going to do what they think is right because they're my blood? And so that's the problem. We've we've been taught to continue toxic patterns and tolerate toxic people. Mm -hmm. And 
And when you speak out on these things, you're the enemy. And that's okay, right? It, it is what it is. But I want to go to sleep when I'm 60 years old, knowing that my daughter is a healthy, beautiful 100%. woman of God because she didn't have to live what I did. And so that's, there's so many women like this too, that yeah. they have experiences and they continue to go through it. And no one ever tells them like, you're still worthy. Like, let's talk about this, you know? Yeah. yeah and I think, they think they're allowed. Yeah. And I think especially like, in, I mean, I know just from being a Latina that, you know, even with my dad breaking generational dysfunction, you know, I watched him work really hard to do that. And that meant some family members weren't completely happy with him. Mm-hmm. And I think even in, in my own life, learning boundaries, learning where like, you know, you can't just overstep this boundary and it's okay. Like it's not okay. You don't have to be rude about it, but also if people are being toxic in your life, you can't allow them to continue to come in just because they're uncle or aunt, you know, or tia or tia, you know, if they're dysfunctional and they're causing chaos in your family's life, then they don't have a place there. And it it doesn't mean that you Mm -hmm. don't love them. I think a lot of people, especially in church, get confusion with, with, you know, forgiveness and boundaries, you know, you can forgive somebody and still not have them be a part of your life. You Um, have to be able to do that. It's not, it's not even an, it's not an option. It's like, you have to set that boundary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say not even like, oh, well, they're just, you know, they're this way and it's not right. It's like, if somebody's dangerous to let them come into your home because they're a relation. Yeah just wrong on so many levels and so damaging to the person. That's why people don't have the voices. The women don't have the voices. To, and I would say boys too, because, you know, this isn't just leveled at women. There's young yeah. that are getting, being abused. And, you know, I know for the longest time, like I'm not Latina, I'm Portuguese, but, but my dad's actually Spanish too, but it's like, there's this thing of like this family thing that you can't talk about anything outside mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to relate on the family and you got to rely on the family and it doesn't matter what they're doing. And I'm like, that can't happen. And I'm, I am over 60. And so I, my biggest thing was like, I told my husband, I want my kids to go to sleep at night and not wake up in fear because we would wake up to violent acts and just wow. horrible things. And so the only thing I wanted out of motherhood was to be able to allow my children to sleep through the night and wake up and feel safe. And, and they've done that. And now, you know, having grandchildren and stuff, the the best gift is knowing your home is safe and that it's a place that they want to come back to. So it's the most important thing you've done because you've set that precedent for your children and your children's children. And it's, it's your, it's their safe house. They know that no matter what, you're not going to have somebody creeping in there and allowing evil to come in. And I just wish that more women, especially, um, in different cultures, cause there's yeah. different communities where family really like there's some evil people in families mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like, they say family is everything. And I say family isn't everything if it's crooked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And when you're trying, yeah. And when you're trying to keep secrets, I think that's just, it's hard for every, it's hard on everybody. You know, it's like, if you had told your daughter, just be quiet about it. When is she Mm -hmm. ever going to be able to name what 
what was hurtful to her, you know, and it wasn't until you named your pain that you were able to find purpose, right? Like, yeah, when you're holding, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. When you're holding the shame and the pain, there's no way for you to even know who you are or know even who God created you to be. And so with that being said, I know you started <laughs> Fearless New Head and I want you to tell our community about it. I was, I think that's what attracted me to you so much was that I am done in my own culture of hearing people say, don't tell anybody it stays within this family. I'm done with that. Like we all have brokenness in our families and until we name it, we can't heal from it. And so tell us about Fearless New Head and what you're doing. Yeah. So it's so funny because I had a faith-based podcast and then God just had me do like a whole, like, wait a minute, we're going to, we're going to do a little something different. So fearless Mujer is really about empowering women to be who God created them to be. It's about empowering them to give themselves permission to say, I have dreams. I want to do this and I'm not going to hold on to what was said about me. And so through the podcast, you know, it's, it's not just aimed at, you know, Christian women. I like to give the space to women who are doing empowering things who are going to inspire other women and also women who love God because that's me right like I love God and really I just love to mentor the women who need it right because as a coach you're you know that your message isn't for everyone but for those that need it I know that God sent them my way and so I just want women to know that you don't have to keep living like this. You don't have to choose to keep believing lies about yourself. You can begin to pursue the things on your heart. So that's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Yeah. Is that's that, awesome. Is that, um, so when you have women that join your group that don't believe or aren't believers, um, what is their reaction, I mean, to your faith? <laughs> um so a lot of the women that I've met have been pretty open like even when we talk about okay they want to join the mastermind I do tell them like I use bible verses in my mentoring I mention God are you cool with that but I always give them the option like if you don't if you're not comfortable using bible verses feel free to use inspirational quotes because yeah. poetry is powerful too mm -hmm. but I know that the word is what's going to really kind of bring that transformation. Mm -hmm. And so, so far, I mean, no one's really been, you know, I just show up as I love God and I'm Mikaela, nice to meet you, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I just allow God to kind of use me in that way, because I think as a daughter of God, you can never separate. There's no like additional hat to like, mm -hmm. oh, and I'm a daughter of God. You're just, you're you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, your light shines bright um, mm -hmm. for sure. And we just have Thank one you. last question for yeah. you. And what would you tell your 22-year-old self? I'm sure that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> no, I actually thought about it. <laughs> and what popped into my mind was run from that guy. Like run. <laughs> I would tell, because I didn't get saved till I was 23, I think. I was like going on 24. And um I would just tell my 22 year old self, like, stop being so mad. Like your life is not going to end up like this. Stop looking for guys to make you feel whole and complete and stop giving your body away. You know, I would really just reaffirm her that like, because I was a single mom back then 
And I had no education back then. You know, I was just waiting tables, trying to take care of me and my kid. So we didn't have to be on welfare, you know? And so I would tell her like, girl, there's so much more to your life. Like this isn't it. And you need to stop being so freaking angry at everyone. Wow. Oh, you were just surviving girl. Yes. (laughs) Till Jesus came. (laughs) I I hear you. I started living. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I love that. I love that you said, till Jesus came, you started living. And I think that is such a great way to end this and to tell our community, like, if you don't know Jesus, I just want you to know that your life, you're only living half a life because when you're walking with him, everything Mm -hmm. is just brighter. It really is. So tell us how they can find you (laughs) on social media. Tell us about your podcast and all things, how they can connect with you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. Um, the name of the podcast, you can find me the fearless Mujer. That's M-U-J-E-R. A lot of people are like, how do you spell that? (laughs) So it just, it means woman in Spanish. Um, and you can also find the podcast, same name, the fearless Mujer. Um, and you can go to fearlessmujer.com, but if you want to reach me, Instagram, you send me a DM. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today, Micaela. And We just appreciate all that you're doing for your community and we look forward to talking to you again once uh, you have a book coming out. So, oh my goodness, that was a secret. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not anymore, girl. Now you have to get it done. You've said it. Yeah. Well, that's why I started just casually telling people because then it makes me do it. Once you say it, you can't go back. Once you say it, my husband called me out on that. I told somebody in a grocery store and he goes, you know what you just did? You just told Sam Bozo, you're writing a book and now you have to do it. And I was like, oh crap. Yeah. Well, the book is about what I just told you guys, how, what happened to my daughter led me to do this. And I'm just kind of helping the women in the book, like, Hey, start rewriting those lies. So yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, well, we're excited for you. We'll have to have you back on once it's out um, and we'll just promote that for you. So thank thank you you so much. Thank you. 24 Carat Tribe for joining us today. Please make sure to like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on 24 Carat Conversations. And until next time, have a great day. Bye, Bye.